to Mind Talks. You are with myself, Nathan, and my co-host, Edwin. Our special guest today is documenting her weight loss journey. She is creating what she entitles a curvy community. In May 2019, she was 391 pounds, a diabetic with high cholesterol and heart issues. It was then when she decided to make a positive change. She has now found her purpose, which is to empower and encourage women to be their most authentic selves. A warm, warm welcome to Miss Janae Holmes. How are you, Miss? Great. Thank you so much. That was a beautiful intro. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> try. We try. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying. So this is a little bit of a landmark because um, I'm sure most of the regulars, you know, you're aware that there is no visuals. However, this will is actually going to be the first visual so, so you will get to see myself and ed as well as our special guest so yeah um onwards and upwards to audio and visual so yeah just wanted to mention that so janae um as i said to you uh, um you know before the recording i'm a massive massive reader and it was really really good to start reading your blogs um i got a lot from it and there was something that really stood out for me and it's where I would like to start this interview. So I want you to briefly describe the the period of, you know, your four-year depression um, because in one of your blogs you did mention that. Um, one thing you don't need to, you don't need to mention how and why you got into a depression, but if you can just briefly talk about that four-year period and just identify any significant events during those four years. Okay. Well, um, I, I don't mind kind of sharing because I, I think I kind of have to give you a little bit of insight in order to really understand why I was in my depression, but yeah, yeah. Um, I was in a long-term relationship. We ended up getting married. Um, we ended up getting a divorce. And that divorce was kind of sudden, out of nowhere, and I, I wasn't ready for that. I also wasn't ready to kind of take on all the responsibilities that were kind of left on my shoulders. So it was that period to where I just felt overwhelmed by losing someone that I cared for, having to adjust to this new life of being single, um, and then realizing that I, I didn't realize before that I was an emotional eater. It was during that time period that I learned that I was an emotional eater. And that was the way that I coped with my feelings. It was the only thing that I don't want to say made me happy, but it satisfied me in that moment, even though two hours later I felt horrible, but in that moment, <laughs> um, I felt good. So I think it was just the combination of just dealing with the loss of love, the yeah, yeah. financial issues, the just all of that, which ended up leading, as I mentioned, to my emotional eating, which ended up to me gaining a lot of weight. I was basically pretty sure I had approached closer to 400 or even over that. It wasn't until I went to the doctor that I found out I was 391. But through that four-year period of just being depressed, I remember going from like, a size 18 shirt and then I would have to go and pick up a size 20 shirt and then I would have to go and pick up a 22 and then a 24 and I think my largest size was a 28 and I just remember that feeling of just feeling just defeated and not even really and and but still functioning because I still had yeah, to go to work yeah. I still had to 
be a daughter and a friend and you know a doggy mommy <laughs> like so yeah, i still had yeah. to do those things but i had to the only way for me to cope with it at that time kind of my depression was um eating and now that i look back i really wish i would have invested more time into therapy but i think emotionally i was so drained and defeated that i just kind of felt like what would talking about it do because i mean i was in it i'm trying to move past it and i didn't want to dwell on it like i didn't want to just like have this weekly conversation and bring it back up and so i i regret making that decision now but um but it is something that i think is a powerful tool for anyone when you're going through something to like find someone to speak to during yeah, that time yeah. but yeah my depression was really caused just by a domino effect of events that happened four years ago which also led to my weight gain yeah yeah and when you were younger um was emotional eating something that you did or that just happened at that point in your life you know now that i think back on it i think it's been something that i've always done because mm -hmm. i realized that i actually gravitate toward the same foods as i did when i was younger that i do like even to this day when i emotional i'm, I'm much better at emotional eating today but um, but I noticed that I, I gravitate toward the same kind of junk food, fast food I, for years. That's what I did. So I think as a kid, I didn't attach the emotional eating to whatever was happening in my life at the time. Because, you know, when you're a kid, you don't think about those things. But in hindsight, kind of looking back over my life and realizing those moments of like where I felt bad or I lost something or I got in trouble, whatever it was, I can definitely see where i can definitely see where it started definitely and it just and i just kind of kept going throughout throughout my life so it wasn't until two years ago that i kind of cut the cord <laughs> and i'm much better today because even today I, i'm emotional eating is really hard to just cut but i think i've learned to like keep healthier stuff around so yeah. when i'm snacking i'm snacking on fruits and vegetables or more if i'm health if i'm snacking on chips it's chips that i made like you know what i'm saying things like yeah, that that yeah. i know so i've definitely made the switch but it was something that um that i try and talk about even on my instagram just because i know yeah, how yeah. i know i'm not the only one and i think that's part of my journey is i'm realizing even when i started two years ago this journey i was the one thing i knew for sure that i knew when i was documenting is i'm not the only one going through this i can't be and that's part of the reason why I wanted to start the documenting of it as well. Comforting is something that I um, have really thought about and even reflected in my own life. So I would say that there have been times in my life where I have comfort, I have been comfort eating. And it's, it's very easy for me to dismiss that idea because I haven't had any, so to speak, health issues or, you know, became obese. But I guess my question to you is for people who have quote unquote mild comfort eating habits. So people like myself, people who haven't really gone through or gone down that rabbit hole where it has led to them to, you know, have major health issues how scary is it um when it almost becomes a it almost becomes habitual and if you were talking to somebody like myself what advice would you 
say to them to ensure that they find actual methods to move away from comfort eating? Honestly, first thing I would say is you have to figure out what the root of that problem is. Because I think we all have we all have an underlying issue. Like so for me personally, I know that my emotional eating has a lot to do with one, I was raised by a single mom. My dad was in and out the picture. I've dealt with molestation. I've dealt with things like that in my life. And so I know that that's where that came from. And yeah, I think yeah. because I didn't address those, like, like, like I said, with therapy or just having those deep conversations with someone, someone explaining to me that it's okay and these are things that happen and showing me how to work through that. Um, I think then I would have been in a better place. So my first thing was always going to be find what that underlying issue is. And I can honestly say we all kind of know what those are. Like we, cause you can sit there and think over life and you can be like, okay, I, I'm pretty sure that has something to do with it. <laughs> but I think sometimes we're also kind of in denial of that because, you know, a lot of times we're afraid to really show that because it then shows our vulnerability and for you to be vulnerable is a brave step because you're allowing people into a space that you've hidden and kept secure and so to open that up is like opening up a fresh wound and that's that's a hard thing to do but the beautiful thing about that is when you open it up and you allow yourself to be vulnerable one it's a brave step that allows you to be brave again in the future but then it also allows you to start to heal that. And that's part of the reason why I'm very open about talking about my life. And yeah, from the yeah. divorce to the molestation to whatever happened in my life, I'm open to talking about that now. Yeah, um, because yeah. I know that every time I share it, the thing that resonates with me the most is someone connects with me. Someone tells me that this is their story too. Someone tells me that they went through something similar. So I know that I'm supposed to speak that because that's how that's what's going to heal someone else and so that would probably be honestly my biggest tip is to figure out what that thing is that's underlying because nothing's going to change until you figure out what that is and start to heal that because i can tell you to keep healthy snacks around so you snack on this more or i can tell you things like that but at the end of the day you can get in your car just like i used to and drive to mcdonald's (laughs) so it's like you have to figure out what that thing is to really address it and I think that's the most important part. And do you remember the moment when you came to that decision that you need to make a change? Um, for like during this part of the journey? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that day. That day. <laughs> so it had I remember. So I went to the doctor and so I made the decision to make the change in May. But I had went to the yeah. doctor two months before that. And that's when mm-hmm. I found out that I was diabetic and high cholesterol, heart issues and got had this list of medications that I had to take and for almost two months it just it weighed so heavy on me because I was just like you have to do something you have to do something but I don't know if I was afraid to make the step or I don't know what it was and then on Friday it was a Friday morning (laughs) I woke up and I when I I literally remember I woke up and I it's like I stepped my foot onto the floor like getting out of bed and the shift just happened. I knew right then in that moment, I couldn't go through this anymore. I couldn't be uncomfortable in my skin. I couldn't take another pill and go back and get more pills. I couldn't, like, I, just, I couldn't live that life anymore. And I knew in that moment that I had to make a change. And I was 
afraid at the same time, but I was yeah, also yeah. so enthusiastic and ready. I remember that day I was like, okay, I'm going to go grocery shopping. I'm going to start going to the gym. And it's like, mind you, how many of us have had those conversations with ourselves before? So it's nothing. It wasn't any, like in that moment, I knew it was significant. But like, if I would have told my friends at that time, they would have been like, oh, okay, you know, she said that two years ago, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but I knew internally it was a shift because my it's like my mindset shifted. And I think hearing 391 pounds, hearing diabetes, high cholesterol, thinking about my life, thinking about the people that I love, it shifted because I don't want to leave this world because of something that I could change. Like, if I'm hit by a car, if I'm in a car accident, whatever, I can't change that. But if you're telling me I'm diabetic and I have high cholesterol, I can do something about that. Yep, I have yep. control over that. And that day, I just knew I had control. And from that moment on, I have not looked back. And I don't plan <laughs> on it. Because I, I, yeah, I just I don't plan on looking back. <laughs> so um, I was reading your blog again. And I think actually you're one of your most recent Insta posts. You mentioned about the first few days where you went on a treadmill. Um, you came off and it was really, really difficult. Um, can you... Sometimes, guys, just think about it. Even when you don't go gym for about a month and then you come back, you return and you are feeling it. Now, just imagine somebody um, in Janae's shoes. So, Janae, can you really just paint a picture for everybody to explain how you overcame those early stages? Because we really have to commend you. And, and, it re- and it's another part of your story that really stands out for me is really documenting how difficult it was in the early stages, but yet, perseverance so can you just really just tell the audience how difficult was it what were your feelings buzzwords if you've got any specific buzzwords that come to mind so it's it's funny because i remember like i said that friday i made the decision Hmm. that weekend i didn't go to the gym but i did i went to the store i started gathering like my fresh fruits and fresh veggies i think i was still a little nervous about the fitness part yeah but monday morning i was like okay 4 a.m. And that was my that was my thing. 4 a.m. That was my time. I would be at the gym. Partially because one, I'm an early bird. Two, I figured nobody's gonna be there at four o'clock in the morning. So my 391 pound self shouldn't be shouldn't feel too like people are looking at me. And because honestly, that was probably the biggest fear. And I'm not gonna lie, that morning when I walked in, that was my biggest fear. I felt like the biggest person in the room. I felt like the mm-hmm. most out of shape person in the room. I felt, I just, I felt uncomfortable. I didn't have workout clothes. So I, my first time that I worked out, I, I had some stretchy pants. Cause you know, when you, when you 400 pounds, you, you pretty much wear stretchy pants. So I had some yeah, stretchy yeah. pants. I had a t-shirt and some tennis shoes. That's mm-hmm. what I started my workout in. I didn't, I wasn't prepared to like work out. And so even that had me feeling very high anxiety. I was like, okay, I don't have the right look. I'm the biggest person. Like, I just felt like I was the biggest person. When I walked in, I felt like all eyes were on me. And then I stepped on the treadmill. I literally, I don't, to this day, I say five minutes, but I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think I lasted three minutes. I was breathing so hard. I was so embarrassed. And I was just kept looking around. Like, if somebody seeing me, stop. Like, I'm walking and then I'll put my feet on the side where you can kind of just stand there for a second and I'm catching my breath. And I was just so embarrassed, but I kept going. I was just like, okay, three minutes, 
Then my goal was like, okay, do another three minutes. And then if I got through a three minutes, I was like, okay, four minutes like that. And that's, that's literally what I did every day. And it was, I, I like, it took me a while to feel comfortable, yeah. like going to the gym, but I did it anyway. Like I pushed through that fear and it probably helped that it was four o'clock in the morning. So it wasn't a whole lot of people there. <laughs> but the thing is, is that I saw the same people every day. And I yeah, think that yeah. made me feel even more intimidated because I'm like, okay, these 4 a.m. people, they here, they got, they, their mindset is like, I'm here to get my workout in and then I need to hit the road. I'm there just like, I just want, I'm trying to save my life. Like that, that literally was me. And I just remember just the anxiety, the feeling of just not, I, I didn't feel like I was enough. Like I felt like, Nothing, like, even though I was there and I was working out, I never felt good enough. I never felt like my workouts were strong or powerful. Or I, I felt like when I left the gym, I didn't feel like, you know, yes, like I got a good workout in. It almost just felt like, okay, tomorrow, do it again. Like, that was always my goal. It was never, I never walked out feeling just like, you know, how sometimes you have a good workout and you walk out, you just feel powerful. In the beginning, I didn't feel like that. I just felt like another day, tomorrow, another 30 minutes. And that's how I would do it. I started off with, my goal was 30 minutes. And I, like I said, when I first started, I literally was breaking that up in three minute intervals. <laughs> and then slowly but surely I started going, but it took time. It honestly took time. And slowly but surely I started losing weight and I started being able to walk longer and my confidence started to go up slowly but surely. But in that beginning, it was really difficult. And I tell people that, but it's like, you have to push through that fear. You have to push through that because I think that's where a lot of us stop. We'll go yeah, to the yeah. gym and if we don't feel powerful, we don't feel like we got a good workout in or we don't see results quickly enough, we stop. Yeah. And my goal was to like, this is and and that's part of the reason why I don't focus on weight. I focus yeah, on lifestyle yeah. because I knew that if I went in there and I was like, okay, Janae, five pounds this week, that's the goal, and I only hit two pounds that week, I would feel defeated. Yeah, so that yeah. was never the goal. It was just like this is your life now, and that's how mm -hmm. I looked at it every day. It's like this is who you are, this is what you do, you work out, and that's what I did, and that's what helped me kind of push through that those moments of like, do I want to do this? Is this really the journey for me, because don't get me wrong, it's like hearing 300, 391 pounds, diabetic, high cholesterol, all of that hit me. But how easily is it for us to fall right back into our normal routine, yeah, to go back to eating, to go back to not exercising? It was very like that was that's much easier than me getting up at 4 a.m. to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. But I push through that every day. And that's the thing is like everybody always asks me what keeps you motivated. And I tell them, I'm not motivated every day. I, I wish I had motivation every day, but like every day, I'm it's like, there are days where I literally have to push myself out of the bed and to the gym to get ready. And afterwards, I feel amazing and I'm glad I did it. But like, it's never a every day I'm like, let's go. I wish it like, you know, nobody's like that. Like I know people who are super fit and they have days where they like, I'm not going to the gym today. <laughs> and it's just like, you have to push through that. So I tell everyone, when you're in the beginning of your journey, you're not going to feel molded every day, but it's going to be your dedication to yourself. That promise you're making to yourself. And for me, that wasn't focusing on the scale. It was just focusing on making this my life from this point on.
I think when you do that, it makes it a lot easier because it's the, when you do focus just on the skill, anytime you step on the skill and you look at it and you don't get the weight loss that you want, then it's just gonna it's just it's just gonna destroy one's confidence. Yeah, and I think a lot of people like because even to this day, people ask me, "Well, how much do you weigh?" And I was like, "Well, I'm gonna have to check with you because I don't know." I don't know because I know because even right now I can step on the scale and there could be a part of me that will feel defeated because they'd be like, it'll be like, you've been on this journey for two years. You should have lost more weight than that. Like, you know, I don't want to do that to myself. Like, I don't I want to just I want to get up every day. I want to work out. I want to drink my water. I want to eat right. I want to feel good. And that's been the biggest thing for me. I feel good. And that's what I love about this journey. I don't focus on the scale because I feel good every day. I don't, I'm not dealing with the back issues that I've had. I'm not dealing with the knee issues that I had. So for me to get up and literally hop out the bed versus like literally like old lady climbing out the bed because I'm like aching and, and in pain, to me, that's, that's my, those are my wins every day. And that's what I look forward to. So I tell people in the beginning, you're not going to always be motivated, but keep pushing and celebrate those small wins because those mm. are, that's what's going to help you keep going every day. Hundred mm. percent. Um. So in one of your blogs, um, becoming the best version of me, you mentioned simply showing up. Now, for me, when I was reading it, it brought me back to the author of um, Atomic Habits, James Clare. Can't remember what platform he was on, but I remember him mentioning a story about a gentleman that was going to the gym. He was going to the gym for six months, but he was only in the gym for five minutes at a time. And people were, you know, if you just think about it contextually, if you're just going to the gym for five minutes, even though for six months you're being consistent, but you're only going for five minutes, the results are not going to be there. However, when you look at the bigger picture, what is doing for him in the longer term is creating this, this habit. And it's something that's really stuck with me. And that's why when you said simply, um, yes, simply showing up, it just brought me back to that. So what have you learned about yourself by simply showing up? Ooh. Um, so a lot. So it's funny. I actually have showing up on my wall. I, I have a whiteboard and I write that on my wall. So I look at it every day. And it's funny, yeah. I actually just purchased the Atomic Habits book. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to reading that story. But I would say the thing that I've learned the most about sh- just showing up is I've learned that I am stronger than I thought I was. I am more capable than I thought I was. And that was simply was just because I started showing up. It's like, I remember when I first started this journey about four months into it every morning I would see this trainer come into the gym and train his group mm-hmm. and I remember like I would see them and I would be like you know it's one of those things where I'm on the treadmill trying to do my thing and I would see them working out and I'll be like okay I want to do that one day like one day and I kept saying one day and I was like why 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 are you waiting and one day I just I walked up to him and I was like my name is Janae can you tell me a little bit more about the training sessions and like from that moment on, I started learning and taking that leap allowed me to show me that I was capable of it because the 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 391 pound version of me that started on that that Monday morning for the first time would have never walked over to this trainer and been like, I want to work with you. But like every day with me pushing myself, showing up, 
doing the work and seeing them do the work, it just, it spurred something in me. And I think when you do that, you just, you learn that there's so much more within you that you're capable of doing. You can push harder than you think you can. You can go further than you think you can. But I think we put limits on ourselves. Yeah. But yeah. I think showing up allows us to break those limits. Mm-hmm. And I think I see that almost every day because there are days in this in in this journey where I I'm doing home workouts because of, you know, the what's happening in the world. Yeah. And I have to push myself. And that's scary because I'm like, well, how do I push myself? How do I do these things? But as I'm showing up, as I'm challenging myself, I'm feeling more confident to make those moves. I'm feeling more confident to share that journey because I can be honest with you. I remember when I first started sharing the journey, when I would try like a new exercise, I wouldn't share that. I would share everything else that you guys are used to seeing, (laughs) but I wouldn't share the new one because I was like, okay, I don't know if they want to see that because I'm I'm, that the form is bad. (laughs) But then one day I was just like, just post it. And I just, I, I literally posted it. I closed Instagram and just walked away. Like I was like, done. Yeah, and yeah. at that moment, it was actually one of my highest posts. That, I mean, it's one of my, I guess, highly rated posts. It was the one that I got the most likes or the most feedback, the most comments. Yeah, because yeah. people were like, well, and then people started saying, well, if she can do it, I can do it. And then slowly but surely, I, I mean, I wish I, I, I wish I can share my Instagram messages with you. But I have women from Africa, Egypt, the UK, Australia, Brazil. I mean, Brazil. I mean. It is crazy how many women resonate with the fact that like, I just push myself and I'm not perfect. And people say, well, I love how you just, you're methodical and you do things with like, with intention. I don't just move through an exercise quickly. I do it with intention because I'm showing up every day. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I want this and only way I don't want to just come here and, and go through the motions. I want to come here and put in the work. and so. It's it's just show me that I am more capable, more aware, stronger, and I love it. I love the fact that I'm showing up every day because it's giving me the confidence that I don't think I've ever had. Like this is probably the most confident that I've been in my entire life just because I'm showing up every day and I'm proud that I'm showing up every day. And that's I think the biggest thing that I can tell you about that. <laughs> <laughs> and when you were younger, what was your relationship with exercise? So, um, it was, you know what I'm going to say? I was in and out with exercise when I was younger. So my mom ran track. And sure. I remember one day we were walking to the grocery store and my mom was like, you want to race? Now I'm a kid. And now <laughs> your mom said, you want to race? You're going to look at her like, you all want this. Like, come on, lady. Like, really? <laughs> And she was like, okay. She was like, get set. And mind you, I didn't know she ran track at the time. She was like, get ready, go. My mom took off. And I'm like, <laughs> behind her, like, wait, wait. <laughs> and But it was so funny because I remember, I think that kind of spurred me to be like, okay, Janae, get it together. You, you should be a little more active. Because I was, I was a chunky kid. I ain't going to lie. Um, but growing up, I was more of the music kid. Like, I played the clarinet and the tenor saxophone. but um throughout the years of course I would do PE and stuff like that but it wasn't until high school that fitness really became important to me 
So in high school, I actually ended up running track by accident. <laughs> I, um, I was in the band and we were practicing on the field while the track team was running. But I have friends that run track. And one of my friends, her name is, well, her name is Camille, but she ran hurdles. And so we're, she's practicing hurdles. So I go over there and I'm talking to her and I don't know how we got into it, but somehow, some, somehow, some way I jumped like three hurdles. All of a sudden the track coach comes running across the field <laughs> and tells me to do it again. And I'm like, okay. So I do it again. And he literally was like, you're on the track team. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm in band, so I can't do track and band. And he was like, oh, no, you're on the track team. He literally went and talked to my music teacher. I was on the track team from that point on. But I ended up falling in love with it. I ended up falling in love with hurdles. I have a natural three-step in between the hurdles. So I ran the 100, I ran the 400. Then I ended up doing long jump and triple jump. And I loved it. So my whole high school career, I ran track. And ended up playing basketball. And so that's when fitness kind of became important to me. Then in college, it, then my, I guess my junior and freshman year, it was important. Senior year, unfortunately, I ended up going to culinary school. And if you go to culinary school, all you do is eat all day. (laughs) And literally, my first semester was baking and pastries. Wow. Why? Why? <laughs> I literally would come home with a box of baked of baked goods and would just be like, "Lord, why? Why?" <laughs> um, but then throughout the years, I've gone on and like, and I I think I've fell in and out of fitness as an adult. Um, luckily, I have this wonderful tribe that I surround myself with, and one of them is my friend, my one of my best friends, Sherry, and she is a beast. This girl goes to the gym every day and so throughout the years I would you know I would go to the gym with her and we would work out so I would say growing up it was kind of touch and go it really wasn't until now that I I would say I'm committed to a fitness regimen versus just kind of sporadically doing it throughout the years you mentioned that you when you were younger you were quote you know quote unquote chubby how were you were you self-aware of you being chubby or were you quite um, comfortable in, in your body? Talk to us about um, those period, that period in your life. You know, as a kid, I would probably say I was very aware, but I yeah, think I yeah. was aware because other kids made me aware. Kids, you know, kids, kids can be mean. Yeah. We can be mean as kids. And so, and, and as kids, we didn't realize how mean we were when we called somebody fat or whatever. So I think I was more aware of it because of the kids, what the kids would say. But yeah. one of my best friends that I grew up with um, was my best friend as a kid. And I think being around her and her family, their circle provided me what I needed to not really focus on what they were saying. So I didn't... Like, even though I know I was being called chunky or whatever, I it, it yeah. wasn't the thing that I felt like as a kid, I have to go work out or I have to go, you know, get skinny or anything like that. Because the circle yeah. of people that I surrounded myself made me feel loved. It was yeah. the people outside of my circle that were whatever. But so, yeah, growing up as a kid, I, I would probably say it didn't it didn't affect me. I, I probably it honestly didn't affect me until maybe junior high school. Because then you're like, you know, you're, you're kind of fully into your teenager, teenage years. And 
you're starting to like boys and you want to go to dances and you want to do all these things. And I feel like maybe that's when it started to affect me because it's funny. You can literally see pictures of me in sixth and seventh grade where I'm chunky, but then like eighth, ninth, 10th grade. And then high school, you can see I've slimmed down quite a bit. And I think I, and it's funny as a kid, I didn't diet. Like I didn't go out and be like, mama, we need to buy salad goods. (laughs) But I think mentally, because I wanted to fit in or I wanted to be included. I think I naturally kind of started like backing away from certain things or just wanting to be, wanting to be like everyone else. (laughs) So what's it? So your childhood, you exercised a lot. Your adulthood came at first you didn't. So what would you say is the most, has been the most challenging thing for you since you've embarked on this journey? the most challenging I guess there's a couple things the most challenging thing I think has been I had to find the balance between what was my health and the journey that I wanted to be on versus now that I when I started documenting it and it started to grow there were times where I felt like I started exercising because I had to post or I had mm. to show my food because I had to post. And it's like, I yeah. kind of had to take a step back and remember this this journey is for you. And mm. you're showing it and you're documenting it and I'm glad to share it. But I didn't want to feel like I was, because I, I started feeling like obligated. Like, okay, I have to post a workout today or I have to show what I'm eating today. Or, you know, and I got really, like there was, I'm not gonna lie, there was a couple months in in this last two years where, I felt like that. And I also realized that I got burnt out. Like that social media burnout is real because, but I realized that it was because I started focusing on what I thought people wanted and I wanted to give them that. And I didn't want to not give them that. And then when, and then of course, when you start seeing the numbers grow, you kind of want to be like, well, I, I, I want the numbers to keep growing. So let me post. And, and I had to take a step back and be like, no, this journey is for your health at the end of the day. The the 70,000 people that follow you can fall off today. And are you going to stop posting? Are you going to stop exercising? Are you going to stop eating healthy? It was like, no, I'm not going to stop doing any of that. So it was like, I had to reprogram myself. So for me, I would probably say that's been the hardest part because once I made the decision to make this a lifestyle change, I, I like I said, I don't know what happened. I don't know what clicked. I, I literally have not looked back in two years. And I can honestly say that it's been a blessing because there were so many times before where I focused on my weight, like losing 20 pounds, losing 30 pounds, where I would lose the weight and then I would gain 40 pounds back. So I gained an extra 10 pounds from the 30 that I was trying to lose. And it was like, but this time around, when I made that decision that this is a lifestyle change, it almost, I don't want to say, it hasn't, I'm not going to sit here and say it's been easy but it's been easier to follow and be consistent because I'm not focused on this number. I'm just focused on making this my life every day. And at this point, it's like, at this point, it is my life. Like, this is what I do and this is who I am. And I'm excited to be a part of that journey. And now moving forward, I'm learning, don't allow social media to dictate your life. Because that's where I think I, I started to falter during this journey. It's like, I, I, I felt like I needed to provide content. I needed to show you what I'm doing. And it was like, is it for you or is it for them? 
And when I answered that question, I fell right back into, okay, let's go. This is, this is what you're doing. And I still love documenting it. And of course I try and do challenges and I try and do things to engage people. I'm putting together like an accountability group now because I do want, I, I love that connection and I want to help women everywhere. Like that's important to me, but I don't want it to become this thing where it's like, I kind of lose myself and I'm more focused on the numbers or the growth. I want to be yeah. focused on myself and I want to work with these amazing women that I'm connecting with to help them get started on their journey. Cause I, I, I can't force you to do anything every day. All I can do is give you the tips, the strategies, the things that I've used. But like I tell it, cause everybody asks me, well, what is it that you do? I can tell you what I do. Do you have the, the strength and the willpower to keep going? Cause yeah. technically we can all Google how to lose weight. We can all Google what's the best foods to eat. Like we all, every, all the resources are out there at yeah. the end of the day. It's like, what's inside of you is what's going to keep you going. And I think that's, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's, <laughs> I feel like I'm rambling. So I apologize. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. You know, um, when you, when you mentioned social media and how the burnout is real, another thing that came to my mind was you embarking on this journey you trying to reprogram your subconscious mind but then i look at reprogramming your subconscious mind versus um trolls so you know you'd be on instagram and then you get these entitled trolls that just feel that they have to say something negative now I've said this to Ed, I'm not sure if I've said it um, on a podcast, but I've definitely said it off a podcast that for myself, I am so glad that God did not give me the necessary talent to become a superstar in a sport, because if I was um, a superstar in a sport and I had to deal with social media negativity, I think it would have had a great impact on me just due to, you know, my my innate characteristics. So for somebody like yourself who is coming from a four-year depression, you have made that positive step to make that change. How do you deal with these foolish trolls? In the beginning, it was really hard because in the beginning, it was like I was I was literally I'm fighting for my life. At least that's how I felt. You know, I literally felt like I was fighting for my life. And so when people would make these mean, disgusting comments, it it hurt and it would put me into this like I, I would become very standoffish on social media. Mm -hmm. Um I didn't really want I didn't want to engage. I didn't want to come back at you with attitude. It's like I wanted to figure out like I wanted to figure out how would I like what do I need out of this situation? Because I can't change whoever this is behind their computer or behind their phone deciding they want to say these crazy comments. But what is it that I can do? And it took it, it took me probably like the first year to get past that because I would get I remember I had someone literally having a it was two people having a conversation in in the comments under a picture. But they're going back and forth, having a com having a conversation and they're literally calling me an elephant and. Like they're calling, and I was just like, and they're literally just having this back and forth conversation. And I'm just like, I'm sitting here and because I'm getting the notification, I'm seeing their back and forth and it's killing me. And I remember I was at work and I remember I went into the restroom and I was just in tears. Cause I was just like, 
they, I mean, you're under my photo. So you don't, I'm literally, I see what you're like. I'm, it's like, I'm listening to your conversation and it hurts so bad. And it was just like, I had to realize like one, I, I finally chimed in and I was like, look, if I was like, your opinion is your opinion. I can't, I can't stop that. I was like, but what you're not going to do is just have the conversation under my photo. Like I'm not here. And so I was like, I, I, I was like, but the crazy part is, it's like, you guys do realize, and, and I literally said this, I was like, you guys do realize the algorithm of Instagram, every time you make a comment with each other, it shows Instagram that this person is doing something magnificent and they're showing it to more people. So I appreciate your comments. Thank you. Keep talking. <laughs> uh, it was really difficult to kind of deal with that. And, or recently I had someone literally say, can you just tell us the truth and tell us what surgery you had? And I was like, I was like, I'm used, I'm, I was like, I'm very open and honest. And if I had surgery, I would tell you. Cause I mean, I said, but I'm, I hate going under the knife. So I wouldn't do it. But I was like, but if I was, I would be open and honest. And she was like, no, I just need you. And she, I mean, she was sweet. She never got mad, but she literally was like, no, please just tell us the truth. And I'm like, I'm telling you the truth. I, like, so it's funny that, People have their own opinion about you based upon photos and stuff like that. And I think that's part of the reason why I do try and share the video. Like that's part yeah. of the reason why I post the video. Cause I want you to see like, like when I take a photo straight on, do I have a little bit of a, a curve, a shape? Yes. But when I turn to the side, the, the, the belly's still there. Like I'm, I'm, I'm getting smaller, but like, but I want you to see that. I want you to see during the workouts that I'm struggling. So that way you can see, like, I'm not this person who's trying to lie to you or get you to yeah. buy my product and, mm -hmm. and just show you just the good stuff. Like I'm, I'm not that person. Like I'm a real mm -hmm. person who's on this health journey for themselves. And so yeah. when the trolls come out, it originally was very difficult, but now I've learned to embrace that because it's going to happen. And, I remember someone told me, just like you said, they was like, when your numbers start growing and you get famous, that's what happens. And you got to be prepared mm. for that. And I'm not going to, I wasn't prepared. I was not prepared. Mm. But now that I'm in, now that I've been in it for a couple of years, it, it doesn't bother me as much. Now I, mm. I address it or I, if it's too much, I block you. But, mm. <laughs> but a lot of times I'll address it and I'm very open and honest. But what I can say is when you are open, when you are transparent, when you are vulnerable and brave enough to share your story, other people will have your back. I can tell you now, a troll will come under my comments. I don't even have to say nothing anymore because the people who have been following me, have, who know the journey, they'll say something before I do. And I, wouldn't, and I will be at work and then open up Instagram later and see like there was a whole back and forth <laughs> between... A troll and somebody who was following me and the person that was following me, like they had my back. They said exactly what I would have said. Like, cause one girl, this is recent. She was like, you apparently aren't following her. If you follow her, you will see, go back to her first post. You will see where she was struggling. You will see yeah. where she weighed 390 and where she's at now. So I think when we share that, when we're vulnerable enough, the people who you resonate with, they'll have your back through that. A lot of times you don't even have to say anything. <laughs> today we live in a society where everyone wants everything fast everyone wants everything immediately so when it comes to to weight loss do you think your journey doing it naturally and doing it the, the organic way has inspired other people to do it 
that same way that may look at the easy option and think, oh, let me do surgery? Um, I would probably, I would say yes. And I would say that because I've had quite a few women that have asked me because a lot of people ask me, well, a lot of times, especially new, new followers will ask, well, how long have you been on the journey? And I'm very open and honest. I was like, I started in May 2019. Like, this is, this is new. And they was like, oh, but how much weight have you lost? And I'll be like, well, I don't really know for sure. I was like, but my last weigh in was close to a hundred pounds. I was like, but that was alone at this point that was so long ago i was like i don't know i was like but to me that's not the important thing it's just the it's changing this life it's changing you know the journey and making making sure that i'm able to stay focused on what my what i want my life to look like moving forward but i think that one of the things i do like to tell people is that i i get it i get that we want the the quick fix the the quick peel if i had it one, I would be a very rich woman. So if I had it, believe me, I'd I be slaying it. I'd be making sure everybody had it. I was like, but the thing for me that I found is the microwave way of doing it and that I've done in the past, it just, it, it was great in the moment where it's like, oh, I lost 20 pounds. But then, like I said, I would gain 30 and be right back in the same boat versus me doing it this way. It's been slow. It's been methodical. It's been intentional and it's worked. Like I'm able to maintain it. I feel stronger. I feel I have more energy. And that's what I try to convey to the women or the people that follow me is just that, yeah, I'm I'm not the person that's going to tell you drink this to lose five pounds in a week or buy this product. To, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that because that's not the way I did it. And if you really want to have something that's sustainable, you have to do something that's sustainable. So if you do the quick fix, well, it's probably only going to last a short time. <laughs> but if you're making this a part of your lifestyle, your weight loss is going to be natural. Your aches and pains are going to go away naturally. Like people ask me all the time, well, like, well, what medications do you take now? I don't take any medications anymore. I, last time I went to the doctor, he was like, you're, you're leveled out. We'll just keep, we'll keep monitoring you. I want him to say that every time I go in there, we'll keep monitoring you because it wasn't, I know that even, even to this day. So I do a Sunday workout and I had a young lady come out recently and she actually spoke to this. She was like, you know, I really wish I would have followed kind of like your journey when I started losing weight. So she lost 160 pounds, but she lost 160 pounds by doing nothing but cardio, fast dieting. And now she felt like she felt like she had loose skin and mm -hmm. she felt like she didn't do it the proper way. And and yeah. I and she was like, Well, how did you do it? I was like, when I started, I said, I started by walking. I think, but I think anybody who probably starts a journey starts with cardio because that's where you know you see you see weight loss. Yeah. I was like, but for me, standing on the treadmill, I'm literally looking at the free weight section. And so as I'm on the treadmill, I see people doing dumbbell presses and squats and, you know, all these things. And so as I'm walking, I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should do that. Like, I, I want to start doing that. And yeah. it was just, it, and it wasn't like, it wasn't intentional. It was just, it was just something that resonated with me. It looked right. Like, you know, it's yeah. like, okay, I like this because I see the weight loss, but it's like, but I also want to be strong. Like yeah. I want to feel strong. And then I also knew that with my back pain, I needed to get my core 
tighter. I needed to because in order for me to be paid or, you know, what I thought, what I wanted at the time was pain free. I knew I had to get my core tight. And a lot of people don't under, like a lot of people underestimate how strong the core is and what it does for the body. And so I slowly but surely started to incorporate those things. And I still, to this day, slowly but surely, I don't, even with my workouts, a lot, you'll see, I'm not rushing through anything. I'm not moving really fast. I'm literally, I'm so methodical and I'm so intentional and I, and I'm really good about that muscle memory. I want to feel that same muscle every time I do, <laughs> I do this. And so I think focusing on that throughout this journey has been partially what has resonated with so many people. Cause that's one of the, com- that's probably, I would honestly say one of my biggest comments is like, you've done this. So like, you've been, this has been two years, like you aren't rushing it or people be like, you work out, your workouts are slow. They're methodical. And I like that. Like people, it resonates with people. Like, don't get me wrong. We all love to see the girl who's, you know, doing squats and then jumps over the lunges and then jumps over to this. Like, okay, that's cool. But it's like, that's not sustainable for somebody that's 200, 300 pounds, but I can work out every day. I can do 10 squats, take a rest. I can do another 10 squats, take a rest. Like, you know, and that's been my process. And I think that's what resonates with people because they realize that microwave society is we've all been through that. And what ended up happening is we all gained that weight right back. So it's like, let's be intentional about it. Let's be methodical about it. Let's be sustainable. So I think that's been huge for me. But I do think that it's it's hard because so many people want the fast. They want to see it quickly. Because I know there are people who will contact me today and be like, yeah, so my birthday's on August 6th and I want to lose 20 pounds. I'll be like, today is July 23rd. I was like, I don't, I don't think we can do that. Like, but it's but it's people who contact me all the time asking for that. And I'm just, it, it like, life don't work like that. You want to lose 20 pounds? I can make, I, you can definitely have it by the end of the year. Maybe even have 40 pounds. But I was like, if you're following me and the way that I do things, you, you, you're not going to hit 20 in less than two weeks, honey. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you've, um, you've made reference to Kobe Bryant in your blog. So um, being a LA native and being the legendary figure he was for the Lakers and actually just in sport in general, how has um, Mr. Kobe Bryant inspired you on this journey? That mama mentality. So mm-hmm. I literally, when I go into the gym, when I wake up in the morning, because my workout space, you guys are looking at my workout space right now. And mm-hmm. when I get up, that mentality hits me. Be the, I, may be the, I may be the only one in this room working out, but it mentally, I'm working out against 100 other people and I'm going to be the hardest working person. Even when I'm by myself, can I, can, nobody's here. I can stop. I'm, nobody will know. I can do, I can literally do one set and post it on Instagram. Nobody will know, but that's not, that's not that Mamba mentality. That Mamba mentality is to push yourself, take it to that next limit, take it outside of what your comfort zone is. And when you do that, it allows you to see your strength. It allows you to see your power and it allows you to see like, you can go one more like, and that's, and it's so funny because I do a zoom workout 
and we time everything. Like I have my little stopwatch. Every time that little stopwatch go off, I'm like, give me one more because we can do one more. And so that mentality has been something that I've carried with me throughout this journey because it makes me feel empowered and seeing what he was able to do, seeing that how hard he worked, being the first to show up in the morning, being the last to leave in the evening, doing how many, a thousand free throws and like doing these things that you don't, like he didn't have to do that. But he knew if I want to be the best, if I want to be number one, I like there's no, there's no, there's no shortcuts. And that's what this journey has been. That's part of the reason why my workouts aren't super fast, but they're full. Like if, if you're seeing 10, I pretty much post 10 different exercises every day. I'm doing three sets of those three, of those 10 exercises every day. And if I have to, I'll go extra because that's the mentality that I'm putting in. And like I said, I don't want to go to the doctor anymore and hear you're a diabetic. You have high cholesterol. I don't, I don't want to hear that. Or I don't want to have to leave my family with my burden, taking care of my responsibilities because it was something I could have done. And so his mentality has been so important to my journey because he showed us that if you put in the work, look what you can achieve. Look what you can have if you put in the work. And I think so many of us, including myself for a long time, I was scared of the work. And it's weird to say that. And even when I say it to people, they'd be like, well, what do you mean? I was like, I was afraid of the work because when you do that, you feel like you're missing out. If I'm putting in the work tonight and everybody else is going out to the club, I feel like I'm missing out on the club. Or I'm putting in the work tomorrow and everybody's going out to brunch. I feel like I'm missing out. Like, But then I realized, like, am I missing out or am I building something for myself? Am I building a legacy for me? And if I put in this work, what changes? What can be different in my life? How can, how differently can my life look in six months, a year, two years from now? Because when I look back at that first day in the gym to where I am now, or when I do my Tuesday transformation Tuesday post, I think I'm more in shock at those photos. Cause I'm just like, like you, like you did that. Nobody else did that. Like you put in that work. And I think that's part of the reason why I love showing those photos because it's like, I want to show you like, if you put in the work, it's work. It's not like, I can't give you a quick fix. I can't give you any of that. That's literally the last two and a half years of me getting up every day and moving my body, making better choices for me and deciding that I don't want to be that person anymore. But the thing that I think has resonated with me the most is that mentality, that mamba mentality that I have. When I look back from where I started to where I am now, the confidence, the depression is gone. I feel energetic. My life looks different. I'm doing things in my life today that I would not have even considered two years ago. But only way I was able to do that is because I showed up. I put in the work every single day and it's not easy. I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody that it's a walk in the park. I, if it, I wish it was, because if it was, we all be doing it, right? Like everybody would be doing it, but 
if you want change, if you want to see change, if you want to feel better, if you want to feel healthier, I mean, and this goes for anything. If you want to build the business, if you want to, you know, whatever it is you want to do, write the book, start the blog, do the video, do the work, show up for yourself every day. If it's what you want, the only way you're going to get it is if you put in the work, because no matter what we do, no matter who we talk to, no matter who our circle of friends are, the people that encourage you, they can encourage you, but it's up to you to be like, okay, in order for me to achieve this, I have to do the work. I can tell everybody about it. I can show like only way I'm going to show them is the work. (laughs) And so that mentality is important to me. And it's funny on the side of my nightstand. So literally I sleep like this. And when I wake up, it's literally the list that he, that Kobe Bryant said on the Lewis house podcast. And it's kind of his list of everything. He's like his mentality. I look at that every single day because that's the mentality I want to put forth in anything that I do moving forward. And it took, took me being this age, this, this many years later to get that. And, and don't get me wrong. It's like, it's one of those things where you wish you would have got it younger or like, man, can you imagine if I had this mentality in my twenties, where would I be right Mm. now? And it's like, but I had to like almost check myself and be like, nope. You needed to go through everything you needed to go through in order for now for you to truly understand what that exactly. mentality is, for you to really yeah. push yourself every day in that mentality. Because in my 20s, I didn't, you know, I was living in my 20s. <laughs> but now I can honestly say that I understand it. I want to be the hardest working person in the room because I want to show you that I am capable, I am strong, and I can do this no matter what it is. And that's why that mentality is so important to me. I know that was a long answer. <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's, it's interesting you say Kobe because I think majority of the guests that we've had from the US have all mentioned Kobe Bryant in terms of his mindset and his mentality. And it kind of shows you what type of athlete he was and the impact that he had um, on many people. Well, that, yeah, that same podcast, I actually mentioned chat over that same um, blog. I actually uh, mentioned uh, Chadwick Bozeman, and I mentioned him because I was like, can you imagine dealing with cancer, but showing up every day? Yeah. This man, yeah. We, yeah. we didn't know that, but he showed up every day. Can you imagine the, like, when you think about the stunts? that they had to do. Like there were things where I'm sure he had a stunt double, but there were certain ones where it had to be him. He still showed up every day. That's the type of mentality I want. It's like you push through the fear, you push through that, that barrier because you're made for more. We're all here for a purpose. We're here for a reason. And sometimes we know exactly what it is. Sometimes we got to find it, but the only way for us to get there is to show up, put in the work, and it'll start to reveal itself. And I think that's why people like Kobe or Chadwick stand out to us because they walked in their purpose, but even though they were walking in their purpose, they still put in the work every day. Because a lot of us, they, we, you know, you see celebrities get to the pinnacle of like their celebrity and it's like, okay, but what's next? Like, you know, but it's like, they just live off of that. And it's like, no, you still have to show up. You still got to put yourself out there. Cause like, I'm going to be honest, if I was a a celebrity and say I was an actress and 
I made it on the big screen. Like, yay, I made it on the big screen. That would not be, that would not be where I would want to stop. I need, I need you, like, I want this podcast to be, you know, my Emmys, my Grammys, <laughs> my, like, you know, like, that's, you should be striving for more because when we should never get comfortable. And that's the thing I think where I'm living right now, I'm living in an uncomfortable space. Cause even right now I'm doing things that are like uncomfortable to me, but I'm comfortable being uncomfortable because I know that's the only way I'm going to grow. And yeah. I'm okay with that. <laughs> how, how are you going about destroying the notion that exercise is boring? That <laughs> I switch it up. And I tell people that all the time. Switch it up. Cause don't get me wrong, like I I love lifting weights. Lift weightlifting is I don't know what it is about it. I I love it. But I also realize like when I when I'm starting to not feel it, you'll see me do some yoga, you'll see me do some hit workouts, you'll see me outside with a group of women, we're doing circuits, and that's how I keep it active for me. Or even just like now that I feel like now I'm starting to feel more comfortable and I don't have as many aches and pains. Like the other day, me and a group of friends, like we literally were outside and we, we used that time to literally learn a line dance. We were sweating, we were tired, but like even that in itself. And I think that's what's important to me is just like, if you feel like something is getting boring, find the thing that can excite you again. So if that's dancing, if that's roller skating, how that's becoming like really big again and Find something that just like resonates with you and start incorporating that because I, I, I can, I can understand like now walking on a treadmill to me now is boring, but like two years ago when I started this journey, it was, it was my thing, but like now it's like, okay, well, what you going to do? And so now my treadmill is so different. Like now I'm doing more inclines or I'm doing like, you know, I'm doing different things on the treadmill to make it fun again. Because me just walking on the treadmill no longer like excites me. And so it's just like finding something that just resonates with you. And that's even what I tell people when they're like, well, how should I get started? What do you like doing? That's always my first question. What do you like doing active? And people will tell me, well, I love golf. Golf is actually like if you decide not to get the cart and you decide to walk from hole to hole. That's a good workout. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm just 18 hours here. Yeah, it's like, or like, you know, people be like, I love to dance. I, you, there's dance classes. You can dance in your house. You can like, there's videos now where you can learn. So it's just like, find the thing that resonates with you because that's actually going to be the thing that you stick with. Because if you, because like a lot of people, I remember when I first started this journey, a friend of mine wanted me so bad to start running with her. I was like, I, I'm not a runner. And she was like, well, you're not a runner until you know you're not a runner. You got to run first. And I was like, mm, I'm not a runner. <laughs> and, but she was right. Like she was absolutely right. And so I gave it a try and it just, it just wasn't the thing that resonated with me. But a friend of mine who I brought with me to this day, that's what she does now. Now she's a runner because it resonated with her. So it's just like, find the thing that just inspires you or even go somewhere that inspires you. So like, on Sundays, I love doing my beach workout because we're literally on this grassy area, but we're literally overlooking the ocean. It's beautiful to work out there. So it's like getting up on a Sunday morning to go work out is not a problem because look what I get to work out to. And it's like even that little 
change of just scenery to me resonates. So find the thing that just makes you want to do it and then you'll keep doing it. And then from there, add on to it. If you started dancing and now you want to incorporate weightlifting, incorporate weightlifting. You Now you started doing those two things, but you want to stretch out a little bit more, add a yoga class every now and again. And this is like, then you'll start to like, because like even now, that's what happens for me is like every every day out on Sundays, I literally write out my workouts for the week. So every Sunday I sit yeah. down, I plan my week and I'll throw in a free day because my free day is yoga, roller skating, bike riding, like whatever it is. So that way that week I have something to look forward to that's kind of outside of my normal routine. So that's honestly the best thing, the best advice I can give you when it comes down to because I because I, I do agree like there are times where you work out and especially if you're kind of doing the same thing and it gets redundant it can start to feel boring and and that's when we start to drop off that's when we start to be like uh I don't have to go today I, I you know I I can run my 2 miles tomorrow and then two tomorrow turns in the next week next week turns in next month and then it has been a few months since you've even been in the gym so it's like incorporate the things that bring you joy cuz that's what's going to keep you going 100% this is my last question to you. So what do you think your younger self will think about the mindset that you have now compared to when you were younger back in the day? I think she would be proud because there were times when I was like being an only child dealing with some of the things that I dealt with. I was very, I didn't have a lot of confidence. I didn't have, a, I, my self-esteem was low. I was very much wanting to blend in. I didn't want to stand out. I didn't want to be seen because I felt like being seen would then show my flaws and I didn't want to show those flaws. And so I think my younger self, if she saw me today would be like, well, look at us. We, 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 we a whole new breed because my, I'm confident now and it's not, and it has nothing to do with looks or anything like that. It's just like, I feel good in my skin regardless of what anybody thinks like at this point I don't care what you think I feel good my self-esteem is high because I'm proud of where what I'm doing in my life I'm proud of how I'm taking care of me and I think that um that's one of the things that I I I really want to find a way to connect with younger girls because I remember those feelings I remember feeling inadequate low self-esteem feeling like people didn't like me or didn't want me and feeling unloved because my dad wasn't there or feeling unloved because of this or whatever. And it's like, I remember those feelings. And so to look back now and remember that little girl, it breaks my heart. But then at the same time, it's like, like you said, I wish I can go back and be like, it's going to be okay. You're going to find your path. You're going to find that, that thing that resonates with you, that wants, that opens you up and allows you to blossom. Cause it's like people say that you blossom at like 18 and you become a woman and doing, doing all this. And it's like, I honestly felt like I didn't blossom until maybe two years ago. Not even when I first started this journey, it was once I was in it and I started to be like, okay, this, this, this is who Jeanne is. This is who she is. And it's like, in that moment is when I felt like I blossomed. It's like, I feel like all the other years, I was still a little bud <laughs> that was trying to figure out life. And now it's like, I'm still figuring it out, but I've opened myself up to whatever's to come. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. And I'm willing to be vulnerable and I'm willing to put myself out there and I think, and show up for me. And I wish that I, I, I wish that, she, I, I wish that little girl could see this, even though I know she's in me, but like, you know what I mean? Like I, I wish that that younger version of me could see this, like a glimpse of who she could be. Cause I think that would have changed maybe a lot of decisions that I made growing up being a teenager and things like that. But like I said, I know that this journey was meant to be as it was because I wouldn't be who I am in the position that I am, where I am right now, if I hadn't gone through any of that. So, um, but I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud of where I, I am today. It's <laughs> good to hear. Um, so if you were to open up your own gym and yeah, so if you just open up your own gym, what would your induction look like considering you are trying to empower women to be their authentic selves? So just so you know, that is on my vision board. Just Come so on. you know. <laughs> um and I want, so I've, I've thought about this a lot. I want my gym to be a place where women feel safe. They feel empowered. They feel embraced and loved no matter what their size, their color, their gender, whatever. I want them to feel just like I can do this. And I know that the only way for us to do that is to build a community of trust and open communication. And so I think that's part of why I I talk the way I talk on my social media. I'm very open. I'm very vulnerable because I want to put that layer of trust down. So that way, when you enter that room, you let go of any of the the stereotypes, the the things that we carry that are heavy on us. We let we just release that and we allow ourselves to be embraced with other women who are on a journey similar to us. Because so many women, we don't, especially plus size women, we don't talk about what our weight means to us because we try to embrace it. We try to, we try to dress it up. We try to make it pretty. And, but there's a lot of us who are dealing with these insecurities and these feelings of like inadequacy. And I know for me, I'll just talk about me. Regardless, I was a I was a fashion blogger way before I started this <laughs> this journey. And being plus size, I remember people would say you're a fashion blogger and they would assume like they would be like, "Well, I don't like I know fashion blogs, but like what what do you do?" And I'm like, "I do the same thing that the other fashion blogs do. What do you mean by what do I do?" And it's like the stereotype was you had to be small or skinny in order to be a fashion blogger, but I remember having a conversation one day at a, at a blogger event. It was all plus size girls and it was at a fashion show. Actually, it was after the fashion show. And we were all talking about, um, cause I think one of it was one of the last looks was a swimsuit, beautiful swimsuit, beautiful plus size queen wearing it. But at the end of the show, the majority of us that were sitting there all were saying how uncomfortable we would have felt having to walk in front of people in a bathing suit. And then it became clear that we all had these issues. Like, even though we were all fashion bloggers and we were all sitting there decked out, makeup done, the cutest outfits and things like that, we all had these same insecurities about our body. And so 
my goal is to have a place where women feel safe in that, no matter your size. That's why I don't, that's why I don't hide my stomach. I don't hide the extra, I don't, because it, it, I am who I am. But if you look back to where I was, to where I am, I've made it, I've made a change and I'm going to continue to make a change. And it's not about me losing weight. It's about me being a healthier version of me. So I don't want plus size women to come into a gym thinking that this is for them to be a size two. No, it's for you to be the healthiest version of you that you can be. And if that's you at 200 pounds, if that's you at 250, because a lot of us have this stereotype that to be 200 plus is like a taboo. But I know someone right now, if you saw this lady walking down the street, you would not think she was 250 pounds. But she's shapely, she's muscular, and she's a beast in the gym. And she's 250 pounds, and she will post it on her IG all the time. She will let you know, this is 250. So embrace it. And I want women to feel that. I want people to feel that. Because like right now, I may not know my exact weight. But I still put that I'm close to 300 pounds because the, at my last weigh-in, that's, I was close to 300 pounds. And I was like, give or take a few pounds, but hey, this is 300. And I'm proud of it. And I'm going to continue. I'm sure with this journey, I'll probably continue to lose weight, but I'm also continuing to build muscle. That's, that to me, that's the, that's the fun part. I love lifting weights. So it's like the, the weight losses, that's just a plus. The getting stronger is the goal. <laughs> so it's like, that's what I want the gym to be. I just want it to be this place of just community, trust, a place where you feel enabled to be who you are. You feel comfortable showing up and it allows you to engage with other women and start to have this conversation more because I think that's where we're starting to kind of falter. It's like, we're not having these conversations as openly as we should. And I think if we did, we would see, like you said, we would see more of the young ladies in the fit, into fitness, more young ladies into sports. But it's like, we put this, we put this like stigmatism on women or girls that are like, cause like, even as a kid, I remember being chunky and, and I don't want to say not being told I couldn't play a certain game, but like being the last to be picked or you know, or just, and, and when you're a kid and say we're playing handball and I'm the last to be picked or we're playing basketball and I'm the last to be picked, it puts you in this place of like, oh, we're like, okay, you know, I guess the, the chunky girl can't play basketball. Well, did, little did they know the chunky girl was the best shooter on the team. So y'all, y'all missed out. Like, you know what I'm mm-hmm. And it's like, I want people to like, I want that veil just to be taken up and allow women to be seen for who they are, what they are, allow them to feel comfortable. And I'm excited about it because I see my vision is a place where women not only can come and work out, but I want to host retreats that talk about wellness, that talk about your health, meditation, yoga, where we go deeper than just let's, you know, pick up some weights. Because technically my journey isn't just about picking up weights. I journal every morning. And I used to showcase it on my Instagram. And it was funny. I remember one time for like three days, I stopped doing it. And it wasn't on purpose. I just, you know, just busy days. So I didn't show that I've journaled, but I journal every day. Women, so many women were messaging me and like, well, we really like when you journal. Are you going to start journaling again? And I was like, well, I never stopped, but sure. But it lets me know, like, 
women aren't just looking for the fitness. They're looking to heal themselves from trauma or just their own negative thoughts about themselves. And that's what resonates with me. And I think that's what will resonate with women. And I hope that's what resonates for them to come to my gym one day. <laughs> Last question. Is this, the, is this the big one? <laughs> no, do you know what? It was that one. It was oh. the same question. Oh, see, that was I'm good. Not, I'm happy, you know. <laughs> no, you, you answered that too easy. It's too easy. No, I'm not happy with that. For the listeners, anyway, I was kind of bigging up a specific question before we started recording. I was telling Janae that there's a question that I was really proud of and I was hoping it was going to really challenge her. But obviously, I failed miserably, but who cares? Better luck next time. No, you did not feel you, you, to me, you confirm something that's been in my heart for a long time. So that question to me was confirmation that you're on the right path, you're on the journey, and that that my gym will come to fruition one day. So I appreciate I like the question. <laughs> I like that. Although I still feel defeated, but shout out to um, <laughs> Tiffany McReynolds because she taught me about, or she taught us rather about short-term memory. So you take the defeat and you just keep it moving. So next time I will be the winner. So. <laughs> Last question. Um, Since May 2019, so summarize your journey in three words. Dedication. Consistency. Self-love. Gee, I like that one. (laughs) (laughs) The last one was good, yeah. The last one, yeah, yeah. The last one was very, very, very good. Wow, that was a good one. Um, Janae, honestly, that was that was really, really good. Thank you so much. You were sharing so freely and that's what we like. Somebody else, um I think it was Andrew, yeah, he was a he was another guest that came on and he he was almost saying that um, he was speaking too much, but actually this is what we want. We want I think when it gets to that stage where you're just speaking freely. I think that's where the nuggets come out. And you sh- definitely shared a lot of nuggets um, with the listeners. So I really, really appreciate you. Um, we really appreciate you. It's not just my podcast. So we appreciate you. Lastly, where can people get in contact with you? Um, well, there's, I guess, two main places. You can always contact me on Instagram. I try and post my daily workouts and just inspirational mm-hmm post pretty much every day so you can follow at this curvy girls fitness um or you can always check out my website at this curvy girls fitness.com those two are the probably the best ways to get in contact with me good 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 i think the last three or four episodes Ed, i've made a mistake right so mm-hmm. let's hopefully i'll do it right this time if you are a new listener welcome aboard if you are a regular listener um, continue we thank you and continue to listen and share our podcast guys until next time stay healthy stay blessed